Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I am JQ. On this week's episode we've got the wonderful Bishop K. Ali. And before we get to that, just a couple of things. Keep on writing reviews, tweeting it, the show, that'll be great. Um, some other podcasts that are just coming out are, is another one I do called The Sketchheads. Another episode of that has come out this week, so check that out. There's some very funny sketches on there. Not written by me, written by someone else. So it's really funny. Uh, one sketch by me. See if you can guess which one it is. That's about it, really. Uh, nothing much more to say, apart from just enjoy the episode. Had a good time recording it. So on with the episode. A wonderful Bisher. So Bisher. Hi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me in your, like... 70s Hollywood psychoanalyst office. 70s Hollywood? No one's ever described it as that before. It's just the lava lamp in the corner. Oh, I'll turn, that, I'll turn that on especially for you. Oh, thank you. That's all right. It's exactly what I needed. <laughs> I as well as the coffee. Here. Yeah. <laughs> I do feel much better after the coffee. Good. I get louder and I talk faster. So That's I need right. to. We can adjust the levels accordingly. Good. It's fine. <laughs> so how are you getting on in the comedy world? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's the answer to that question. It's going all right. Yeah. I'm doing stuff. Yeah. Telling jokes. Enjoying it. Yeah. Met? I just did, um, I'm doing a preview of a potential Edinburgh show. Ooh. And I'm paired up with Stephanie Lang. She's another comedian who I'm mm-hmm. kind of a good friend. And she and I are doing like a an hour show. Yeah. Just a two-hander. Yeah. We're taking it to Leicester comedy festival is that good because i've heard lots of things about leicester comedy festival i don't know we're gonna find Ah, out (laughs) we haven't i haven't got any experience of it neither has she but we did our preview on wednesday to five people off a meetup group okay (laughs) and it got really weird (laughs) because they're both quite personal in the things we talk about and especially the stuff that we're working on is really really personal and there's five people who want to come to a group to make friends with each other and have never met before. Okay. So, so you, you don't yeah. be quiet and not say anything for now. So I'm getting really dark, like really dark in this new material that I'm trying to do, which has dark but doesn't have punchlines yet. So right. it's just... <laughs> it's just dark. Just dark, horrible stuff. And then Stephanie came on. I was like, oh, she's going to make it light and funny. And then she did like dark loneliness things. <laughs> At the end, one of the guys, because we're doing it at the New London Theatre and they mm. run, I think the City University runs a course out of that or some comedy course yeah and he just came up to us with a flyer saying learn how to do stand-up comedy <laughs> and hand it to us and did they know what you just been doing <laughs> the one who'd watched our show <laughs> <laughs> and so we're like oh this went really well oh this is good so that's how my comedy's going nice. how well, about you no not too bad we did the um golden crispy club last yeah week, week before last week was before it? That was now one of my favourite clubs so for nice, London ones. So nice, wasn't it? Yeah. Proper audience. Mm-hmm. It just reminds you how rarely on the open mics and you get a real, a, a proper audience. Well, me anyway, because he's usually other comedians, which is fine. I mm. always have a good time, but 40-odd people in the room. Yeah. And they all great. want to listen. Yep. Which is a delight. Yep. And so rare. Yeah. <laughs> it's so depressingly rare. It was nice. I liked that night a lot. And I did some new stuff there. Yeah. And they're the perfect audience for it because they were just were listening but they weren't uh, giving it up too easily yeah so they'd laugh but then they'd still be like okay make the next thing needs to make us also laugh yeah and i like that so i was like oh this is good now i can try a new thing yeah and know whether it has any legs whatsoever <laughs> so i was good i like that gig a lot yeah i got heckled a bit as well which is very rare did you get heckled that guy with the long hair in the corner what did he say uh, I, I think said, I was I was on just after you, so I was probably in a yeah, bit in my yeah. zone. Yeah, um, I was saying, um, so so I'm married, and he went, oh, commiserations. 
Oh. But I didn't really hear it, and he kind of mumbled it. Mm, that's the worst, yeah. Sort of, sort of fudged it a bit, and then okay, and then carried on. And then he heckled again. Oh, what did he say the second I, time? I can't remember. It just made me really angry. Oh, really? Yeah, so the rest of the set I was a bit aggressive. Which I I'm... thought that you were a bit aggressive near the end, because yeah. I thought, I, I think I've seen you once before. And yeah. I was like, oh, that doesn't seem, and also just from your demeanour, <laughs> doesn't seem like you're an aggressive teacher. I was I like, know. you're doing great. Why are you getting upset? <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> it was really bizarre. I, I quite enjoyed it, but it doesn't mean I'm yeah. going to go and be aggressive every second now. <laughs> But also, like, that kind of heckle is, like, the least poisonous. Mm. Like, it's it's quite like, oh, I think I'm just playing with you. I'm yeah. joining in. Let me have fun. But when yeah. they mumble it, it means that you can't you can't grab onto it as easily. You have to make them repeat it. And then it, it can go either way. Like, yeah. you're making a big deal out of a guy just trying to be cute. Exactly. And then I didn't get... I just don't have enough experience with heckles and how to deal with it so it's, a, it's all learning and experience yeah. isn't it? have you not been heckled before like the first time um i've said this on the podcast before but i did the gong show at the comedy store oh that's a dumb idea and, um, <laughs> i said uh well i was uh, working from home one day and uh-huh. someone shouted i wish you were working from home now <laughs> that's a good one though you gotta exactly. give them that you gotta give them but that I, I couldn't hear it so i was like um, uh okay i'm just gonna carry on <laughs> yeah i quite like getting heckled yeah yeah it's fun yeah <laughs> yeah and also that's where a lot of new stuff sometimes comes from yeah if it's i don't know for me it just makes my you know what they say about how the trick is after you get to a certain point of making your material sound like it's the first time you've said it like yeah. it's really fresh sometimes and i'm like oh god another sidetrack i had a dream the <laughs> other day i sidetrack a lot i had a dream the other day but in the dream, I was auditioning for something. Right. But I did my whole set verbatim. <laughs> I can literally do my set in my sleep. And that's, that's really not a good thing. So when someone does heckle, it kind of puts that energy in it for me. Where I'm like, oh no, it's game on. Let's do yeah. this. Let's yeah. have this little thing that we're going to have. Yeah. And it helps my set become more... Unless it's just a blanket, you're not funny, go home and die. That's... <laughs> no, I haven't quite had that. I haven't had it yet, but I feel like it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> my second best one, I was... Uh, I did... Um, who? Where was it? Um... Uh, downstairs at the King's Head mm. I, I did a joke and he didn't uh, the first time I'd done it I think and it didn't go very well and I said well I'm not going to do that one again and someone just went thank you <laughs> that's nice <laughs> at least it was polite yeah it was very just, polite just, yeah thank you very much for your consideration <laughs> good thought process yep yep you're doing new stuff at the King's Head well ish yeah, yeah. Ish, just sort of, just because the problem I've got is um, I can remember what I want to talk about, but I can't remember the little funny bits that actually make your routine funny. What punchlines? Yeah, no, not punchlines, <laughs> but you know the little sort of asides. That yeah, you tags. Tags. Mm. I can't, just can't. And I think I managed to try some new tags out, and it kind of worked. When well, this one didn't, or well, I was trying it. I was trying to joke in a different way. Right. There's a few jokes that don't. What? Uh, I, I didn't do stuff about. Uh, did I do wet wipes? I don't think you did wet wipes. You did the owl bit. I remember that very distinctly. Oh, yes, yeah. Because I thought, oh, I'm going to have to follow that now. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I the end of your set very clearly. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I got this bit about um, wet wipes that uh, got chloroform on them. No, that yeah. sounds um, close to unsavoury. Exactly. So there's three different ways of finishing that. There's an unsavoury, right. there's where I'm an idiot, and there's where someone else is an idiot. Mm. So I keep trying different ways. And... Yeah. I always go for I'm an idiot. Yeah, that's what I've gone for now. <laughs> that's yeah. my default. Is that it's, I'm it's usually the funny. stupid person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm working on. Especially when I'm in... I should, shouldn't say it, but when I kind of go into a bit of autopilot a bit, yes. that's when I'm suddenly like, oh, <laughs> I know I was telling a joke. <laughs> <laughs> Where do I go? Where do I go? But yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. Your brain just kind of 
Like it's what it's doing right now. I can see the fear in your eyes. <laughs> your brain's just running to catch up with your mouth. When is she going to stop talking so I can remember no, the no, question? No, no, no. You keep talking. That's what I want on a podcast guest. You keep talking. But yeah, no, I have those moments. Um, it's getting less now, though. Yep. Especially when I... This is going to sound really bad. When I give more of a shit. <laughs> when I'm really... When I have like an end goal, like right yeah. now I'm working towards uh, getting this half hour and getting it nice. Yeah. Um, I'm much more switched on. When I'm going through phases of I'm just keeping on going so I can stay up to date with the fact that I'm on stage, yeah. that's when those moments come. Uh, um, so yeah, that's that's when it happens. But right now I'm kind of in a, let's do this. Yeah. Let's get a thing nice. Do you find it goes in sort of waves every few weeks? It just changes? Absolutely. It's so annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Why can't it just be, I just want to be good or just work, work, work? Well, <laughs> I, have the, I have the work, work, work. But then I do, within that, I have phases of apathy, like, what's the point? No one likes me. Yeah. I'm shit. No one, no one cares what I have to say. <laughs> no one wants to pay me for this. And it just <laughs> becomes phases of just self-pity. Yeah. When I'm like, oh, wait, just you're not good enough yet. That's, that's it. You're just not good enough yet, so stop complaining and carry on doing it. Yeah. So I just have bouts of self-pity, not just in stand-up, but in just every aspect <laughs> of my existence. But after I go through that phase, yeah. it, the important thing is having gigs in the diary. That way you push through the phase yeah. and then you're suddenly back on, no, let's let's rocky this bitch and let's yeah. get comedy going, you know? Yeah. I've had a few friends and they say, oh, I had a bad gig the other day, I'm going to cancel this next one. It's like, no, no you've got, you got to get back no. on the horse. That's especially, yeah. Straight away. I completely understand the, the reasoning. Mm. Like when I first started, I remember distinctly the first time I did really, like not just badly, but horribly badly. Yeah. I know all of them are bad at the beginning, <laughs> but this one particularly, and I was like, oh, I just don't want to... Nope, don't want to do this again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't want to relive that experience. <laughs> and then after that, for three weeks, I just didn't, just did not gig. And then I thought, oh, I'm not think I'm good at any other things. Yeah. <laughs> so I have to carry on. <laughs> yeah. How long have you been doing it for now? Not long. I'm a baby. Uh, I've been doing it for about, since my first gig was October 2012. So just over two years. Yeah. But then after about a month or two of gigging, I just kind of stopped. Yeah. And then I'd say about four months later, I carried on in earnest. Right. So a lot under two years. So, you know, bearing in mind that therefore I know nothing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I know even this. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it works though, doesn't it? Yeah, because I think it's, it's at least three years before you just start to get even half good, I mm. think. You see your friends going, oh, they're they're doing well. Why are they doing really well? Because they're better than you and they've been doing it longer. Mm -hmm. It's just time, isn't it? Yeah, a lot of it's time and not just time, but your focus when you're doing it. Mm. I think for me, when I'm, the periods of time where I've been concentrated on, no, I'm specifically going to try this, do this or experiment with this in this gig. Yeah. My rate of improvement is much quicker than in times when I'm like, I'll just go do some stand up then. Yeah. And that's a big thing is your focus when you're doing it makes the improvement just so much quicker in those times. And it feels like a waste when you look back on the times and you're just going through the motions. Yeah, I've been looking through my old geek list going, I should have tried harder in those ones. Ninety <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, percent of them. To be fair, there's some geeks where you just can't try harder. Like you just, <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing else I can get out of this. Yeah. Beyond making the audience not more me at the end. Like yeah. there's nothing else. Especially when you're, I don't know, on some open mics, you just feel like, what is, what, why am I here? I had that on the other day and I was like, oh, this is going to, the energy is really low. It's mm. not going to go. And the, but then it went really well. Yeah. Because I did it a 
few weeks ago and it was really good. It was really packed. And then yeah. this one was just, it's pretty empty. Did he book in advance? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I need to, I haven't, I haven't been, I haven't been to doing London place. open mics that many, <laughs> off, that often yeah. anymore. Kind of fallen out of them and now I'm trying to get back to mm. them now that I'm doing new stuff. So where, where are you doing your gigs? Well, I was doing a lot of out of town stuff for a while. Ah. And it's so nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love London, obviously, and it's a great place to start, one of the best places to start in terms of volume of time yeah. you can get on stage in a week. But then outside of London, when you start kind of doing clubs there, you get the impression that progression is much quicker. Ah. They like you, I'll book you for a paid spot. So outside of London, you suddenly start feeling a bit more like a comic. Yeah. <laughs> a little I'm bit, yeah. I'm going to have to pick your brains in about some gigs then. No, you definitely should. Yeah. And also when you do them your access to doing gigs that are clubs, comedy clubs, yeah. is much higher than it is. In, it's harder to break into the comedy clubs here than outside. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, at the moment it's great for me because I work in central London and then I can just course, go yeah. to any of these open mics straight after work. Because mm. I was working from home yesterday. I thought, could, I could go to a gig tonight. I can't be bothered. Mm-hmm. I'm just sitting on my but bed. But you're right here, you're in the middle of like 10 different gigs. You could go to any one of them now. Yeah, when I'm at work, mm. but when I'm at home... Right, where are you based? Um, out in Essex. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. So it's yeah. a bit, it's it's fine, but it's just if it's just one thing to go into London for. It's not quite worth no. it. So yeah. So it's good. I'm here after work and then just. Do you drive? Mm. Yeah. Do some mm. out of town gigs. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a few and they've all gone. Which ones have you done? Which ones did you like? There was one. Have you been to the one in Chafford Hundred? No. Don't do that one. <laughs> Uh, None of those people uh, listen to this podcast. I hope not. Um, there is there's one in Hartford that I did. I've done four basically outside of London. Right. Two of which were arranged by friends of mine, so they don't quite count. Right. So I need to find some more. Yeah. Are you sort of set? Where are you based? I'm based out near Heathrow Airport. Ah. So there's a tube line straight into London, mm. but then it's also outside enough that I can dodge central London traffic yep. and just go to wherever it is. But I'm talking about like Manchester. Yeah, because that's a bit too far. Yeah. Because they've got the kids and everything. Oh, yeah, you have, like, yeah. a lot of responsibilities in a life. Yeah. yeah. Damn those responsibilities. <laughs> just innocent creatures that you yeah. need to mould into humans. Just... I just mine them for comedy gold. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They can at least entertain you. Yeah. No, I... The ones I've done outside of town that I've really loved, I did the Frog and Bucket um, in Manchester, which is a purpose... Not purpose-built, but it's a purpose... Mm. Yeah, it is a purpose-built comedy yeah. club. And then try and get in... Get on the stand run. Like you can do... That's, is that up, properly up north? Yeah, it's Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the stand is. <laughs> can't make that in an evening. <laughs> yeah, you can't... No, no, no. And also for out-of-town people, they tend to book you for slightly longer spots. And all mm. th- they have three clubs, Edinburgh, Glasgow and Newcastle. Ah. So they'll book you for all three in a row for the Red Raw nights, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Really? Yeah. So you go mm. up and you make a little trip out of it. Mm. And then based off the back of that, they kind yep. of look at whether they want to book you for longer spots. Okay. And even if you don't get booked for the longer spots, or if you do, fantastic. But either way, just going and playing the stand, there's yeah. like, ah, oh, there's just magic, yeah. comedy magic there that feels good <laughs> to be a part of. It's just yeah. really incredible. I just recommend doing it at least mm. once. So you can be like, oh, this is... And the thing, this is the thing that's really upsetting about it, is that when I went to do the Red Raw Nights there, there were some acts who, like, that was their open mic. Like, yeah. that's the place that they went to every few months or so and learnt their comedy chops. There were yeah. guys there who were on their first ever or second ever gig and it blew my mind. You're playing The Stand, packed room, maybe 200 people. Really? Yeah, and that's your, this is where I go to learn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm down the road in a basement 
I don't know, with like 12 other comedians playing yeah. to them, that's, when you see that kind of differential, you're like, oh, okay, I see. Yeah. I see what she means by out-of-town gigs. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, um, Finn, who was on one of the other episodes, he did all his stuff in Bristol, mostly. Right. And he said he's much better. Bristol's up. lovely. Yeah. yeah. We did one, um, that one I showed you earlier, was um, Bristol. Right. Which, which room, do you know what it was? The wardrobe theatre? Yeah. Yeah. Small, like a black box theatre, is it? It's sort of upstairs in a pub. Right. Okay. Very nice pub, but it's all yeah. sort of set up nicely. But they have a nice little community over mm. there. And like they all really care about creativity and stuff. Yeah. But it's just getting there and back. Mm. We didn't get back till sort of one in the morning or something. I had to sleep in the office. Really? Yeah. That's a pain in the butt. Yes. <laughs> For me, it's just this pop down the, down the M something. Exactly. Everyone's got advantages here or there, haven't they? Yeah. Got mostly disadvantages, but it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> well, you for for gigs in Central, you're fi- mm. you're set if you yeah. can just be bothered to leave the house and abandon your child. If you, <laughs> if you just gave up on your kid, yeah. <laughs> you could have made it by now. <laughs> damn, it, damn those children! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still asking people about Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. You're doing um, oh, yeah. the yurts with Alan. Alan Power. Alan the Old Power. Power. I haven't yeah. seen him in a while. I need to chase him. Um, yeah, it was nice. Mm. It was nice. I enjoyed Edinburgh. I get stressed in, up there. Yeah. I get very stressed. Not because of the comedy. Comedy's fun and fine. Yeah. But I, um, like on a personal level, as a human being, I get really stressed. Like I can, I can be quite sociable and I love that. It's really yeah. fun. But in specifically small doses. <laughs> and when I'm kind of faced with humans every day, I'm like, no, I need to retreat. And then I don't because I think I'm missing out on stuff. Yeah. And then as time goes on, I was there for the month. I was like, actually, this makes me want to cry a lot. Like, I just, <laughs> I just can't face people. Even people I genuinely deeply like. Yeah. I just feel like, I'm sorry, it's not you. I need to put my face in like some chips. <laughs> Under a blanket. That's all. That's all I can do. So that kind of stresses me out. But the show itself was fun. We did what? What would you call it? Like a mixed bill, mm. like ten minute spots, fifteen minute yeah. spots per person. It was nice. The only thing I would say for myself was that I, I like being hard on myself. Is I don't feel like I push myself enough. Yeah. I should have been doing longer than 10, 15 minute spots, and I wasted that opportunity. Ah. And. I was really disappointed that I kept saying to myself, oh, it's my show. I can just close it with 20 minutes and learn that skill set. That's what I wanted to get out of it. But I didn't. I babied out and I said, oh, I'll just put all my friends on and I'll do tens. <laughs> and it was stupid. It was a waste of um, opportunity and frankly, money. Yeah. I could have, I should have used that time to get what I wanted out of Edinburgh. And I had said before what I wanted, but I didn't do it. Got to stick to the plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it was fun, and I got to do a lot of gigs with other people and meet other people, and I could see my performance level increasing, like getting better. Mm. But that goal I had set, I let it fall by the wayside. So this time I'm pushing myself a bit more than I probably should be yeah. <laughs> to do something a bit longer. But I think I'll come out at the end feeling more satisfied that I've actually forced myself to do it. Yeah. You're going to do take this Leicester show up to Edinburgh? Well, basically this Leicester show is us both work in progressing our individual shows. Oh. So I'm going to do 40 minutes. I'm not doing, I'm doing a coward's hour. I'm I was doing, say a yeah. hour. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but Stephanie's doing her hour because she's done an hour before, like, twice now already. Right. She's, she knows what she's doing. <laughs> um, but I'm going to do 40 minutes in Edinburgh. I don't know. We'll see. I think I'm pushing it beyond maybe what I've got right now. Yeah. But I did the half an hour the other day and about 50 minutes of it is solid. 
15 minutes of it is just sad. <laughs> just, just misery. And I'm trying to talk about things I don't have the skill set to talk about yet. Mm-hmm. But I think if I keep pushing myself, the only way to learn it is to do it. Yeah. Right? So same with anything else. So that's my plan. Yeah. That's how I feel about The Last Edinburgh. How did you feel about it? Well, we only went up for the week. And, and you were there right at the beginning, weren't you? Very first week, and we just we didn't know we'd never been there before, so we just w- went there just to watch comedy mostly. Yeah, Not, we did a few gigs, but nothing special. Um, it was great. How far in were you when you went up? Like how far into? How long had you been going when you yeah, went up to Edinburgh? I think I'd done more than a hundred gigs. I think oh. less than a hundred. I think I got good just after Edinburgh. Right. By good, I mean competent. competent yeah. Right. <laughs> I could definitely feel it changed after Edinburgh. Yeah. Um, just confidence on stage was better. I think because it becomes more of a matter of course. Mm. As in, I'm doing this gig, but it's not the end of the world. I'm going to do two more today. So, yeah. so just do my best. And if it doesn't go well, it's not. You lose that. This is the end of the world feeling for every gig that you do. Yeah, rather than every two or three days doing it, it's two or three hours. Mm-hmm. Mm. How many gigs did you do in Edinburgh? Do you think? Oh, I don't. I don't play that game. No, I just <laughs> I couldn't give less of a shit. I just did a lot of gigs. Well, competition. It's just funny because I was talking to Ben at the uh, last gig we did, and he said he did about 110. Yeah. That's how many I've done in total. Yeah. I was like, really? Jeez. I never really sat and counted. I mean. I probably did an average minimum two minimum two a day, so mm. that brings me up to what sixty. Sixty at odd. least, yeah. Yeah, um, and then extras along the way. So I don't, I don't really know. Like yeah. I just, I stopped counting how many gigs I did a long time ago. I stopped counting. I yeah. just stopped caring about that aspect of it. I won't show you my spreadsheet then. Oh God. I used to have a spreadsheet because I'm a spreadsheet person. I used to have yeah. a spreadsheet, but it was less for counting. It was more for note taking. Like this yeah. was shit. Do better. Yeah. That's that's more yeah. what my reasoning is. But then, I don't know, at the end of Edinburgh, when people are like, I did this many gigs, I did that many gigs, like, really? Like, okay, but are you a better person? Like, yeah. <laughs> that's the important question. For me, it's about just about putting it into perspective, because I was thinking, my, with this Excel spreadsheet, I could tot up the total hours I've done on stage. Right. It was 10 hours. Yeah. Which is what a pro comedian edit would do in a week. Yeah. So it just puts it into perspective of how much I've done compared to what they do in a week. Right. It's the exponential growth you need to have to sort of do more. Yeah, you just need to be... That's the other thing, like, just rate of gigging. Mm. At the beginning, especially, I found, like, about about a year in, I was like, oh, if I want to do this, I just need to do it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and then once I just booked up, so I was doing maybe five or six a week for a short period. Not yeah. for, not. I don't do that now. Yeah. Um, I could see in three weeks the growth compared to yeah. the last two months. And because you get back into that Edinburgh frame of mind, oh, this isn't the end of the world. Yeah. Just pick up the information that I, the data I need to get better at the end of this gig, and obviously enjoy it. Blah blah blah. Like yeah. that's, that's a given. <laughs> that's based on if you're not enjoying it, go home. Like yeah. don't. <laughs> you shouldn't be doing it if you're not enjoying it. Take a break, I think. But yeah. So yeah, I stopped. I stopped counting a while ago, and more. I'm kind of looking at how I can be better, just from gig to gig, and yeah. then overall as well. Do you stick to the same thing or do you change every time? I stick to the same thing. Yeah. I stick very much to the same thing because the more rooms I've done the same thing in, the more proof I have that the same thing is good. Yeah. And can be done in different rooms. But then obviously now, like I said, if I'm doing my act in my sleep, I need to, like, <laughs> come on. Yeah. Um, but I have other stuff that I've, tr- like, stuff will come in and out over time. Yeah. So I realized the other day that there's, like, I have a good 10 minutes of stuff uh, that I haven't looked at in over a year. 
but I've done on stage plenty of times. Yes. So I'm just kind of holding on to the stuff that isn't horribly terrible. <laughs> and now again, like I did a new story um, at the gig that we were at, the Golden Crispy one. I can see that it's working and there's better than the one I did, the Valentine's Day story uh, where I end with, uh, I don't want to give the punchline away. No. <laughs> uh, the story where I'm up with a guy off the internet when I was really young and I was too young to have done it. Oh, yes. Right. Yeah, so yeah. That was brand new. That was the first time I'd done it. Oh, right. And so that bit, I've worked out quite a few times now and I feel like, oh, this is better than some of the other stuff that was my staple 10. Yeah. And it's stronger and it's getting more life, laughs consistently. So for my kind of set that I'll go out and show to people, that's going to use up something else. So that's how I'll have the stuff. But I have the stock of not as good as yeah. that 10 that I'm doing everywhere. So yeah, I do mostly the same stuff with just little different pieces of bacon in the sandwich. You know? I do like bacon in the sandwich. Yeah, because yeah, it's good if you're doing it out of town because you've got different people listening to it. I found the last... But about three weeks ago, it was just like, oh, God, they've heard all this before. Mm. It's the same people, the same gigs. They know what I'm yeah. going to say. Why am I bothering? And then I realised, of course, when I see someone I've seen before, I enjoy listening to their stuff again. Right. Like, oh, maybe they'll enjoy I guess, listening to my stuff again. I guess so. I guess that's true. I'm, I guess when I'm, say, then doing the same thing, I mean to, like, audiences. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, to audiences who don't know me yeah. and are punters. I mean, yeah. that kind of thing. To them, it will always be that same thing that will get usurped. But then, if I'm doing kind of, I think what you're talking about, where it's mostly other acts and kind of a handful, I won't bother to do, yeah. like, I'll chicken out of doing my main set because what's the point? <laughs> it's boring for me, it's boring for them. Yeah. And I'll try and do the new stuff or stuff that I'm pretty sure that this group of people haven't heard before. But that's only come after, like, a long time. Yeah. Like that, that's, that's, whereas at the beginning I was doing the exact same thing again and again. That's only coming now when I have more stuff and also the confidence to carry it off if it's not working. Yeah. To be like, yeah, that's fine. It's not the, I'm not going to cry about this. Yeah. Whereas before I would have <laughs> cried a lot. <laughs> Going back to um, doing loads of gigs, do you think it might be worth just doing a blitz, like a week of doing five gigs and not do... They do one gig next next week and then five the week after. Have you ever done anything like that? Yeah, I went through a phase of doing stuff like that. Like two weeks of just intense gigging mm. and then stopping. I get tired. Right. <laughs> I get really tired. So I can't speak for anyone. This is just me being like the shitty human I am. Like I just get, <laughs> oh, I can't be bothered to leave the house. Like it's, I find it really hard <laughs> to get ready and leave. Yeah. <laughs> That's so awful. I'm just a terrible person. But, um... If you can do it, I think it's valuable, especially yeah. if you haven't done it before. Mm. Then, yeah, of course, like, for me, if it's a thing that I haven't tried, unless it's ridiculous, why wouldn't I try it yeah. to make, see if I can gain something out of it? And then if it works for me, adopt it. And if it doesn't, let it go. But I always think you should be trying things that sound scary. Yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Yeah. It's not fun. It's not fun. <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not scary, it's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's been the um, What's been the best gig you've ever done, apart from Golden Crispy? The Stand. Yeah. Yeah. Which one? I, my favorite one of the three was doing Edinburgh, but then everyone at Edinburgh was like, "Oh, Glasgow's amazing. Glasgow's amazing." Yeah. And Glasgow was amazing. It was really nice. The room's a bit bigger, and they have more people in. And then Newcastle I had a bit of an odd one, but it wasn't bad. But it wasn't amazing like the other two. 
Um, for me, Edinburgh the Stand was just great. And I'd seen, I think it was a bit of fangirlism happening because yeah. I've been in the audience there watching Daniel Kitson. I've been in the audience there watching Hannibal Buress. And I was yeah. like, oh, Hannibal <laughs> stood here. <laughs> oh, Daniel Kitson stood here. And look at me telling jokes and they're laughing. <laughs> so for me, I think that was kind of a nice... Like just oh, it just felt really magical and nice, yeah. and I felt so lame. And then in the back, I think it's the backstage area where Stuart Lee films the the backstage of the alternative comedians theme, Bobby. That's oh, eloquent. Okay. And I was like, oh, I'm sitting in the sofa, <laughs> the sofa where they sat. <laughs> and that's it's lame, but for me that was kind of a nice circular. Oh, maybe I could be one, someone. Yeah. You know, maybe I could do this one day. One day, exactly. That kind of one day feeling was really ripe, and also because the gig went really well. Yeah. <laughs> so I felt really. Just for me, it was a nice memory and kind of also a bit of a marker for me, where I thought, actually, I'm I'm not bad at this. I could I could get there if I keep working hard and keep the right attitude. I think I can do it. And that I don't know if that's really conceited. No, but no just, I, I think that I think I don't. Whenever I see really, if I go and do a gig and there's other pros on there, other pros, pros on there, and um, I don't think, oh, they're so much, they're so good. I'm never going to be that good. I think mm. if I work hard, I could be that good. I think it's a, it's like anything. Like you, mm. it's a skill set. You don't have. There's no. I don't think there's any such thing as. Well, there is people who are just funny, funny naturally, yeah. but there's also this idea that no one can do it. Like people can do it. It's a skill set. You learn it. You can. You can observe what's happening yeah. and you can see what's funny to you. I'm making it sound scientific and <laughs> shitty, but that aspect for me is also part of the fun because I enjoy that kind of way of thinking about things. On top of the fact that it's just nice to be able to talk about things you care about, yeah. make it funny, and people laugh and like, yeah, totally. I might not agree with you, but I get where you're coming from and you just gave me a new idea. And yeah. that's that's fun. Like That's <laughs> valuable and fun. So I don't know. So yeah, I do think when I look at people who are really good, there are some people I think oh, I'm never going to be that good, and I understand and I accept that. But the idea of being in that kind of world and mm. being part of it and trying hard and like what's the word striving towards it, yeah, that's that's doable. Definitely, that's doable. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember what your first sort of material was like? Oh, it was horribly dark. <laughs> horribly dark, insensitive, and inappropriate. Nice. Yeah, really a lot. That's a lot. your poster. Yeah. <laughs> And it just doesn't, I think also, I have, was having fun off the fact that, um, I think when people see me, and this is 100% true to this day, but I use it differently. When people see me, they're like, she's not a comic. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's not a person who's going to go on stage and tell jokes. And even in my demeanor off stage, I think mm. people don't think that this person is a comedian yeah. or even trying to be one. <laughs> she's just a person there. Like, I don't know, you can't see me on the podcast, but just Google my face. Like, yeah. she's not, I don't look like that person. And I think at the beginning, I was playing off the, that fact a lot. So the element yeah. of surprise. So I was like, I'm going to say horrible, dark things. And then you're going to laugh because it's a surprise. Yeah. That didn't, it worked in some cases, but I didn't feel good about it. I didn't like what I was talking about. Yeah. Just like not unnecessary, insensitive suicide jokes. Like that's not funny. That's, <laughs> that's horrible and terrible. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't like any of what I was doing at the beginning. Um, but then I kind of started doing more storytelling stuff about myself and I started feeling like, oh, yeah, this is nice. Like, this is fun. And people yeah. are responsive to me being just who I actually am yeah. rather than this thing I fabricated because I think they'll find it funny. Yeah. It's much more funny and valuable when I'm being me. <laughs> yeah. And now I use it differently. Now people will say, like, oh, I didn't think... I got a review. <laughs> the review started with... Um, Next was Bisha K. Ali, who looked rather studious and sensible looking. Like, <laughs> sensible? Yeah, it's like that's, 
that's like the not a precursor to any kind of comedy review. That's not. And then in the end, she's like, we actually really liked her. And I was like, good. So maybe cut Thanks. out the bit about how I look boring as fuck. Like just to remove that section. Um, and I've had that more than once. And yeah. I'm, I'm used to it now. Mm. And I used to think, oh, I used to get upset about it. He'd be like, oh, why are you looking at how I look? Like mm. just listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Yeah. And then a lot of people, kind of friends who are kind of a bit further along than me, like, no, everything counts. Your appearance counts. And it says something about you and about how you think about yourself and what you're doing. Yeah. And I was really gutturally disagreed at first. I was like, no, that's bullshit. Just hear the words that I'm saying. Stop being judgy, judgy, shitty. Like, well, what do you think is happening? They're judging everything that you're saying. Yeah. So why wouldn't they judge how you look? And after kind of then over the past few months, I think I'm more settled into it. And I'm like, actually... I like that they're judging me to be who they think. And then I'm just like, I'm going to just stand here and be myself as much as possible. You're welcome to take it or yeah. leave it. And now that I've had that, it kind of mentally settled me a lot in terms of being on stage as well. I don't know. That sounds like a pile of wank, but, <laughs> but it felt right. Yeah. <laughs> it feels right now. So do you ever change, did you ever change the way you dress before you went on stage? No. No? This is, this is full Bisher. This full is Bisher. just jeans and a thing on top. That's Black it. from head to toe, apart from red shoes. Yeah, I like my red shoes. Not purple shoes. Usually, I wear like a t-shirt, like a band t-shirt. Yeah. Or like a thing t, like a thingy. Slogan. Yeah, just because I have them. Yeah. <laughs> Not for any other reason, but because those are the things I own. Um, that's just what I'll go with. I don't know. I've never. I think sometimes I get looks from people like, "Really, is that how you're going on stage?" And I was like, "Yeah, this is." Mm. This is how I leave the house, dude. Yeah. This is, if I'm ashamed of leaving the house this way, then why, you know, it doesn't make any... Yeah, because I, I started just wearing normal clothes and it's fine. And I thought, well, I might dress up smart oh. just to see if it, you know, I'll, I'll become this character. Right. You know, the stage version of me. So I had like this shirt and a waistcoat and skinny jeans and all that. Yeah. And then it was fine. But then I thought, I don't really feel very comfortable in this. Mm-hmm. So I went back to normal clothes. Yeah. And it's much better. I feel really uncomfortable dressing up full stop. Yeah. Like, I hate parties where you have to wear a dress. Stresses, me too. Uh, oh, it stresses <laughs> me out so much. Just the worst. <laughs> and, like, makeup as well is a thing. Like, people... People... This is so stupid. I don't know. I feel really bad about even talking about it. Because I don't wear makeup full right. stop. Right? I don't wear makeup in my life. Like, I just don't do it. Me I, neither. Yeah. So, you can level with me on that. There was a time when I did wear makeup. And it sounds like it's not a big deal. But to some people... It's like a ri- majority of people, it's like a ritual part of their life yeah. every morning. Like a woman will get up and put her makeup on. And that's fine. Like, I'm not bashing that at all. I just don't do it. No. And some people are like, oh, you're not going to wear, you're not going to, are you going on like that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm going on with my face. Like, yeah. that's, that's what I'm doing. And it's not a huge thing. But for me, I think the small incidents when that does happen stick in my head. Yeah. But yeah, I just find it all very, maybe it's just because I'm like a, I feel like I come off smug when I say I don't wear makeup, but it's not a case of that. It's just a case of I don't... I just don't buy it. Don't comply don't. to their rules, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me sound like a massive cunt, but I'm not. I just, <laughs> I just don't buy into it at all, and I don't wear it on stage, and I don't change my appearance. But at the same time, I see value in it. Like, I look at, say, Tez Ilias, right? And, you know, Tez? He's great. You should look up Tez. He's a cool dude. Um, I'm a fan of his. I literally know he no was one. A he was a suit. Yeah. He always wears like a suit. He always looks well dressed and proper mm. and he's so good and he kind of just goes on and does the suit stuff. He doesn't uh, do anything about his suit. I don't know why I'm bringing... See, this is what I'm doing again. Look, I'm applying he, his appearance. He's not 
pro pro, is he? Or is he? Yeah, he's signed and he's a pro. Yeah, he's I pro. I think I might have seen. Is he fairly yeah. short? Is he fairly short? I don't know. I'm quite short, so I don't have a frame of reference uh, the way that you do. taller than you. Yeah, nice I, diplomatic way out of it. Yeah, I think he's he's like an average dude height. I think I know who you I mean, feel yeah. bad now because I was just talking. <laughs> <laughs> if you saw him, you'd be like, oh yeah, that guy. Yeah. And he always wears a suit. And I don't think that takes... I'm not saying... I'm not bashing anyone who does stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I think it works for those people. But I always feel like I get shit for not... Like almost like... Why are you not making an effort? How do yeah. we get onto this? I, I, I feel very passionate costumes. about this. We're talking about right. costumes. Yeah. <laughs> I just feel... I just think I have a thorn in my side over mm. it from being told at the beginning, like, you should... Like, some people tell me to tie my hair back on stage. Yeah? Yeah. That really... They're probably right. The one context that someone said it to me in was that half the room is at, it's a, at an angle to you, so they can't see your face, so yeah. it's not fair. Well, fair, which is fine, that makes sense. But somebody else said it in just like a shitty way, and I was like... Maybe just no. <laughs> maybe just maybe I'll just put my hair where I'm gonna put it, and yeah. then the room's fine. And if the room start, if it feels like they're not laughing, and I realise that it's because of my non-tied back hair, <laughs> then you know what? Fair play. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I have away. a thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. We got told on our comedy course that oh, if you go to a gig, you must take two ties of you. Two ties. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Why mm. would we wear a tie? Yeah. And it said, oh, if, you, if you're a lady and you're on stage and you've got a skirt on, make sure you wear cycling shorts underneath. Oh, yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, what? Are you, no. Well, I think, I don't know, everyone has a different idea of what works mm. and what doesn't. But at the end, you just got to figure out what works. Yeah. For you. As long as you try these different things. Yeah. I tried it and it didn't work for me. No, it didn't work for you. Yeah. It didn't work for me. I wore a dress on stage once. Yeah. And I felt so uncomfortable because I just, not, it's not my natural habitat. Yeah. One day I aspire to be able to do a show purely in my pajamas. Like that's, <laughs> that's when I've made it. <laughs> that's when I've peaked. It's like, guys, we're just going to do this. Yep. I have rolled out of bed for Literally this. Literally rolled out of bed. And so that's, I'm going to be as true to myself as I possibly <laughs> can be. I don't know. I think some people think it's disrespectful, but I think it's welcoming you into my world. <laughs> as long as you've got a little hat on you know the little pajama hat and a, it's a pajama candle oh, okay you mean like old time yeah. right okay <laughs> are out of town if it goes bad an out of town gig is it worse than going bad at say a, an open mic with loads of other comedians i'd rather it go bad with an open mic with loads of other comedians yeah than it go bad in the universe where there's a real audience yeah because with other comedians we all get that, that happens yeah Whereas with an audience, they're like, oh, that means you're shit. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what that means. Yeah, we went to um, a works thing. We went to the 99 Club last Christmas. Mm. And it was, um, like, Rob Deering was headlining. Right. He's great. Yeah, he's great. And But he, his set didn't go well because well, his, his gear didn't work. But the audience were very heckly. Mm. And the guy sitting next to me goes, oh, that guy was rubbish. I'm like, of no, course he's not. Rob Deering. Of course crazy? he's not rubbish. Yeah. Even being on allowed on this stage means he has to be really good. Yeah. It just wasn't a very good gig for him. Yeah, but we know that. Yeah, we know that. As, even if people who go to those open mics, we know that. Yeah. But like the average person who's like, I'll go to this comedy club, the only one I'll go to in a year. Yeah. Like, oh, I paid money for this, and this guy's not making me laugh. Yeah. He's, He's rubbish, shit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had a lot of bad, <laughs> a lot of bad <laughs> gigs, and also gigs where you put expectations on yourself because yeah. you want to impress someone or you want to make a good impression for whatever reason. Um, we should have that in all gigs, but specifically yeah. if you're thinking in a kind of progression mode, progression mode, or kind of specifically a professional intent to this gig, 
then those ones, when they go bad, they just haunt you. They just sit in your belly forever. <laughs> and then every time, like I did, we did this one gig. It was in Edinburgh, right? And um, someone at the, just before the show started, someone said, oh, that lady in the front's a reviewer. <laughs> and it's like, why? <laughs> why don't, don't tell me this. Don't tell me this. And then it's never happened before, but I can, like to this extent, but I choked. Like I just didn't do yeah. well at all. And I felt afterwards, I couldn't get over it. I was like, oh, this is so... Why? It turns out she wasn't a reviewer. She just had a notebook in her hand. Right. So the guy was wrong. And thank you for <laughs> fucking up my day. But <laughs> but the whole point was that when those bombs happen, mm. it feels so much more drastically upsetting to me than when an average bomb happens. Yeah. And you're like, oh, I can take this in my stride. When it's something where you put weight on it because you think, oh, this could mean something. Yeah. Probably won't. It's probably some blogger from fucomedy.com. <laughs> but when you put weight on it, then that's when it just hurts you. Like, oh, I'm incapable. Mm. I'm incapable and I'm not going to make it in this at all because whenever it comes to crunch time, I'm going to choke. That's how I came away from that day. <laughs> <laughs> Great gigs. Yeah, it was lovely. How about you? Have you had a really horrible one? Um, What's your, like, not the worst one, but one that, like, just sits in you, in your spirit, like, sits in your heart and poops in it? Nothing that bad, to be honest. Because oh. they've all been, they've not been amazing geeks so far. So, <laughs> but because I've been doing just really shit gigs, I just well, no, just just open mic. There's, there's there's no real um, there's no real weight behind it. If you go to somewhere, like I keep saying on this podcast, like, I've never had a good gig. Like Angel, most of them. Oh Angel. really? Yeah. Up until it just never never works, and I did it last week, and it went really well. Oh, that's nice. I was really happy. I love that. Um, overran, so sorry, Barry. But yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah so. It's just when you do a good gig and you think, oh, it just didn't work. Why Why can't I do this for this audience? Because mm. it's quite a young foreign audience, Angel. Yeah. And it just doesn't... It's, and sometimes if it's, the audience is young and they don't connect with the um, kids' material um, that I tend to do a lot, that's annoying because you think, oh, why? Or if you go on and someone does really well and then you go on and they do... And I do average and you think, mm. oh... That, that hurts. Yeah. But you're like, no, ride the wave. Yeah. And then you get up and you're like, I'm not riding the wave. I'm yeah. not riding the wave. <laughs> I'm sinking in the wave. <laughs> That, I think that's that's what annoys me more. I've never had a, a real stinker. I mean, mm. I've done ones where people have literally laughed at nothing. Yeah. And you're just like, why? Why am I bothering here? But then again, it was just an open mic gig that right. was never going to be good. Right. From Fair the start, because no one was good. Yeah. <laughs> nothing is good here. <laughs> no, so everything was bad. Just different flavours of poop. That's yeah. what you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I never really died a horrible, horrible mm. death. I went through a phase of... um, I had booked in loads of kind of... In and around London, so this is before I kind of feel like I had reached even good competence. I shouldn't have been doing them. In and around London at this point, I was doing kind of middle tens mm. at pro nights, semi-pro nights, to get seen for progression. And I was consistently, the, of course, you're the weakest uh, chain in the link on those nights, right? Yeah. But I was consistently doing bad. Like, <laughs> I was going to all these, like, oh, I'm just taking a reputation and just shitting all over it. I'm stomping it into the ground. <laughs> And I was getting really depressed about it because I was yeah. like, oh, I'm finally getting booked for these gigs. That's a step up. But I was going there and just, oh, God, <laughs> just stinking it up. And I'd yeah. come off and like I couldn't look the other acts in the face. And I was being with like nice, great pro acts. And I, I think was that's like, the worst when you come off those me. and no one looks at you. <laughs> yeah. Then you know you've done bad. <laughs> yeah. And I'd sit in the corner and like one of them would take pity and be like, oh, I really like this one night. I was like, oh, just go away with your career. Like, I can't, don't do this. And that was... That was a really hard time yeah. in my life. <laughs> but now I feel a bit more like I can handle those because mm. I don't feel like I'm as incompetent as I was then. 
But that that's those are really upsetting because also they just don't want you back after. Why would they? Yeah. It's a paid night. People are coming to pay, and you're just sitting there stinking up their lineup. Why would you? How dare you? Yeah. How dare I go in there <laughs> not ready and be like, yeah, I'll do this. I can be fine. But you have to do it to learn. But it still sucks balls. It does. Mm. It does. Mm. Do you do much doubling up? Not a huge amount. No. I find the tension of it really stressful. Yeah. The journey time between. Yeah. I doubled up that night. We did um, Golden oh, Crispy. Well, Blackbird in New Cross. Ah, uh, okay. They had a bunch of dropouts. And right. so Natalie was like, oh, can you come and do a thingy? And I was like, yeah, okay. Why not? Because I really wanted to drill that new bit out. So I was like, it was perfect. Yeah. I can do it here and I can go do it there. Um, and that was really fun, but only because they happened to turn out to be both really nice. But on other occasions I've doubled up and it's been like, nope, three layers of horribleness. It's just, <laughs> everything just gets progressively more upsetting. Yeah. But it's fun. But, uh, and I see the value in it when it goes well, like it did that night. Mm. When it goes well, I'm like, okay, good. That solidified that bit for me so easily because yeah. I've done it to two audiences fresh off the like juice of doing it the first time. But I don't, I don't like doing it. No. Yeah. Maybe it's different if you're opening, closing, and if you're a pro. That's different because you're just going to go. Course, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's completely different. But when you're like rushing around like a little, I don't know. No. Short answer. How about you? Have you doubled up much? Uh, the first time I did it, I did one, and then I went straight over, and um, Alan was doing the MCing. <laughs> the second one is it the one in Shoreditch? Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't do that anymore. No, no. But like, they both went really well, and I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Mm. And they didn't do it for ages, and then I did it again a couple of weeks ago. But I decided I'd have a drink at the start of one of them. No. And I don't drink. Because <laughs> I was sleeping in the office because right. I had to get up early for the next thing and I thought, oh, I'll just have a bit of fun. See what it's like. You yeah. know, being a bit tipsy, see if it works a bit better. Yeah. It didn't. didn't no. 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 Depends no. what kind of drunk you are. But yeah. <laughs> certainly not for me. Not my no, thing. It just made me forgetful. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh, God. I thought it made me sort of loose and like, Yeah, you're hanging out. Some people it does. You know, yeah. some people you can see If I'm the at a party um, and I have a couple of drinks, then it's <laughs> like, oh, this is great. Let's have some fun. a man in... Man about town. Yeah, yeah, but not on stage. No. No. I can't not. imagine it being helpful in any way whatsoever, for me personally, because, like, no one wants to be crying about their daddy issues on stage. <laughs> like, that's, that's the end that result. Bad. Well, that's why I don't drink. <laughs> like, it's just, that's not going to be funny yet. Yeah. Like, so I need a few more years before I can make that really just funny. <laughs> just hammer that away. Do people um, ask you for advice very often? Apart from me and this entire podcast. I shouldn't. <laughs> I don't know anything. Um, do people ask me for advice? No. No? They'll ask me, do you know about any gigs? <laughs> you got any like gigs? Earlier, Can you send yeah. me a gig list? Yeah. Uh, which is fine. And I think you should do that. You should share all your gig lists because give me a fucking gig. So that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I don't think anyone's asked me for advice. Or do people give you advice unwarranted? Aside from tie your hair back. <laughs> sometimes, no, but it's different. I think sometimes when you become quite good friends with someone, mm. then they'll see you perform and they'll come, you'll come off stage and he'll, he'll say, oh, you know what, this bit, um, I really like what you do here, but you're doing this wrong or you're doing this right, relative to your own gigging because they've seen you so often. Yeah, yeah. And that's really helpful and nice. Like one friend of mine said, um, when you do your audience interaction bit, you're not listening anymore. You're using your pre-planned ah, yes. throwaways. 
And they can't tell necessarily, but I can tell, and I know you can tell, yeah. that you're just in autopilot. You're not actually hearing the responses. And because you're, he thinks I'm relatively good at responding in the moment, yeah. listen again, you could get more out of it. Yeah. He just reminded me to listen. Yeah. And that, that for me at the time when he said it was really valuable and really useful. So I, it's unwarranted, but it's very, like, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I enjoy people giving feedback. I don't like stuff like, oh, you don't, you shouldn't talk about this. Like, that's not useful <laughs> to me. Like, I'm going to talk about what I'm going to talk about. Yeah. But people who have those kind of insights, that's helpful to me. I like that. Good. Does anyone ever write, give you toppers or sides? Sometimes. Or sometimes yeah. when I'm spending time with comedian friends outside of comedy, we'll be talking and we'll, one of us will say something funny and we'll be like, oh, you need to <laughs> put that somewhere, like write yeah. it down. That's a nice little kind of way but we're not explicitly like oh here's a topper well sometimes someone will but when it's people I don't know that well when it's a stranger comes up I'm like alright mate cool (laughs) (laughs) my responsiveness is very different when it's a friend or when it's um, another open mic I've never met before you should say this it would be really funny yeah like I thought you were going to talk about this thing (laughs) and then one time I did this joke about rhinos and then this one guy came up to me and the joke's about race but he thought it was about me being fat. Okay. <laughs> I was like, oh no, you totally didn't get <laughs> you totally didn't get the bit that was important about that joke. <laughs> and so when that happens, I'm like, oh yeah, your opinions probably aren't valid. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's how I take it. How about you? Do people give you toppers? Uh, two of my jokes have got punchlines written by someone else. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> but they're really Do you good. have like a people group of people that you hang out and write with? Yeah, because we did this course. Right. Um we've got like a core group of friends that you can just basically trust right, yeah. and we get together and, and do bits and bobs here and there so and we have done loads of gigs together so he's like oh you could just you could say this there or that there that's nice um like my you know the stuff did you hear my last joke about the camp coffee shop i think so yeah right call someone a slag yeah oh yeah, yeah. that wasn't written by me mm. the whole joke was just apart from that one those yeah. two words at the end just right. completely changed it mm. Um, which is really annoying. It's like, why can't I run it myself? Um, right. I'm happy if it's if someone can make something funnier. Yeah. If you just sort of. Why do you call someone a slag? What's the what's the what? Because <laughs> I mean, the premise was that just when you when I hear that out of context, I'm like, well, that doesn't sound nice. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, the, the the context was that um, when I'm in shops, I want to be really polite to right. people, but it comes out camp. Right. So I d- didn't want it to be camp. Okay. So yeah. I no, I remember like, this now. Right. Like Winston, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then you end up. Them a slang. It's really great. Comedy Gold guys, come and see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really drilled that down to make it sound as unfunny as possible. Yeah. Just explain to me the politics why, behind the story you told. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> get it. Yeah. And there's other stuff about um, like the Lego Death Star. Oh, I like that bit. That's yeah. fun. Yeah. Again, that the ending was different that I had it, and then he's then someone suggested, why don't you steal it? So then I changed the joke so it's a theft yeah that bit went down really well i remember mm. and in the back we were saying the comments are like everyone immediately was like oh, i want one <laughs> <laughs> everyone in the back literally it was me and all the other actors were men and all of the men suddenly when you said lego De- death star all of them perked up in their seats and were like oh my god i want one it's like all right listen to the fucking joke guys <laughs> yeah so it's just stuff it's just a few jokes like that i haven't really yeah. done it for a while but it's just, you know, just a few sides and here yeah. and there and all that sort of stuff people giving you things yeah. I don't mind it it's nice it's helpful um, because also like I did this gig out of town and the guy was like immediately the stage manager guy came off and gave me a lot of advice 
and said, oh, you should do this. You should do your end right at the beginning. You should open with your end. <laughs> Just do your one minute end and then off. <laughs> and I kind of, and in my head I thought, yeah, put it at the end because it's my best joke. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like uh, I know it's, and he was saying that it's your best bit to so open with it. And I was like, I feel like that breaks all of Jerry Seinfeld's rules. <laughs> I feel like I don't have enough good material <laughs> to do what you're saying. No. And then the MC came up to me, he's like, yeah, or just do whatever you think is right. Yeah. So, you know, there's always that with advice. I see the value and I see the, I see the inten- intention of what he's saying. It's quite yeah. positive. He's complimenting me and he's saying that this would be a good way of restructuring it. It's also code for him saying, you're not funny till the end. Right. <laughs> so it kind of, there is... Even in the feedback people do give you, you might not agree on the surface, but if you look into what they're saying, there can be value in the unsaid things. Yes. Like, un- be funnier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's all the, the only advice you ever need, is it? Just yeah. be funnier. Yeah. Just be funnier. Like, take whatever you're doing. Yeah. Make it less not funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you need to do. Right, we better wrap it up. Oh, wow, that was quick. Was it quick? I feel like it's I not the first more... time I've heard that from a woman. Uh, hey! hey! Look what you did, sex oh. joke. No, I did that on the, the gig, didn't I? She said, the owl lady said a few things. Yeah. She said the it was very lady. small. Yeah, she made like, jokes about your... Owl. Owl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is not a euphemism for anything else. That no, is a literal the genuine owl. owl. Genuine where owl. Where did you find it? In a shop. That's where things are found. That's where things are found or I didn't steal it. Was this it. fun? Was this good for you? I've enjoyed it. Have you had fun? <laughs> I've had fun. I feel like I spoke a lot. Well, that's the point. Otherwise, it's okay. just me wishing on and the audience listen to me saying the same things okay. over and over again. This is, see, this is how awful I am. I'm like, was I was, good was enough? Everyone says that. Yeah. Then. Really? Yeah. Good. Okay. Good. Oh, I'm sure you might have got something out of that. Yeah. I hope so. I feel like I said a lot of things I don't probably believe in real life, <laughs> but it felt nice. The comedy version of you, it's true. Maybe. Yeah. Have you got anything you want to promote quickly before... Uh, yeah, I have a podcast. Yes, you do. Rival podcast. It's not really a rival podcast. Different subject. Uh, yeah, completely different. Intentionally, so it's not like every other comedian's podcast. See what we did? Um, me and my friend Sadaf Fahim, we do a podcast. comes out every week on Tuesdays. It's called the Turtle Book Club Podcast. Mm-hmm. And we talk about books in a sweary, non-pretentious way. Nice. So she's really highbrow, and I'm really just not. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a lot of fun. So if you like books in any way whatsoever, we recommend it. Turtle Book Club Dot com. I'll put a link on the website. Oh, thank you. That's all right. Lift to give. Hey. <laughs> well, that's it for me. And me. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.